Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk. This is the show where a group of nerds all get together and either talk about a recent dub announcement or revisit a series that has previously been reviewed on Lilac Anime Reviews that was dubbed later. I am, of course, the one and only master of manliness himself, Spaceman Hardy. Once again, I'm taking over hosting duties for our regular host, Lilac, because eh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, tonight, we'll be talking about another recent addition to Funimation's new broadcast dub campaign, one of six new shows getting dubbed this season. Uh, in addition to the main lineup of Attack on Titan Junior High, Seraph of the End, Battle of Nagoya, and Noragami Aragoto for the Double Talk block, there are also a trio of shows getting broadcast dubs at the same time. These include two shows we've talked about already, namely Dance with Devils and Showman Sample, as well as the show we'll be discussing tonight, Heavy Object. The new project from the creator of the ever-popular series A Certain Magical Index and A Certain Scientific Railgun. As I mentioned earlier, the main reason Stephanie isn't joining us tonight is, quite frankly, she literally fell asleep halfway through the first episode. So instead, she has given me the task of covering it in her stead. So to help me go over this buddy cop sci-fi war dramedy, say that five times fast, I have enlisted a pair of brave soldiers willing to risk everything to go up against the impenetrable ironclad walls of exposition and psychobabble that stand before them. My first guest joining me tonight, making his second, or technically third appearance on this show, if the prison school episode ever comes out. <clears throat> you may have read his anime reviews on the Phantom Post. Please welcome anime fan and conspiracy theorist Roots of Justice. Good evening. Secondly, making his dub talk debut. You may have seen him lurking around the Funimation forums every now and then. He's currently starring in a new podcast series entitled Three Victims Watch Sword Art Online. Although, as for why anyone would ever willingly do that to themselves, I have no clue. Please welcome Classy Spartan. Hi, everybody. Nice to be here. And honestly, it's just because our friend was watching it for the first time. My friend Lewis is a masochist. And then we just started having fun once we got to the hang of it. So have you got any uh, ideas what you're going to watch after Sword Art Online? Or what you're going to punish yourself with next time? We have a dis we had a discussion today about what we're going to do next. But we're not going to openly admit or confirm what it is until we all actually watch it. But it is something all three of us have actually yet to see. So unlike with Sword Art, we're going into this one blind. It's school days, isn't it? <laughs> let me just say god help you whatever it turns out to be all right so as usual we're going to go through the cast talk about who we initially predicted who was actually cast and discuss whether or not we were pleased with the individual casting choices or not for this show in particular we've kind of got a rather small cast list to work off of so in the interest of making up a full-length episode expect a lot of derailing stalling for time and going off on wild tangents with one or more references to goats, Eric Vale, or Teletubbies thrown in for good measure. Although hopefully not all at once. That's a very terrible mental image. Uh, so without further ado, let's start out as we always do with the ADR director. Now I usually do not make predictions for the director. That's just me. Um, it's not something I really think of. Uh, but I figured seeing as how this is sort of the new series from the same guy who did Index and Railgun, you know, maybe the same guy would come back who directed those shows, who was Zach Bolton. Uh, did you guys have any predictions for the director? I just kind of knew the show was getting dubbed, and my thought process was 
that show is getting dubbed. Hopefully it is somebody who is a competent director. And when I saw the name, I was like, you know what? He's done good stuff. I'm okay with him. What about you, Roots? Did you have any predictions? Uh, not really for director. I just didn't really have much to go off of when it was announced. So, yeah. So pretty much we were all going into this pretty much blind when it was. Turns out the ADR director, we didn't actually get credits for any script writers or, uh, or assistant ADRs. It's uh, ADR director is Christopher Bevins. He does good uh, stuff. He does good stuff. He is yep. also currently just finished up the dubs for Gangsta and uh, and Arslan. Uh, let's see. What else has he directed? He's, he has done, direct- he's done Michiko and Hotsin, which That's I, correct. Which is has two episodes left on its Toonami run, which is what I've been keeping up with. He's also done Jormungand, which is another series that I've seen. It's really good. Um, he's also recently recently released Danganronpa the Animation, which, depending on if you're a big Danganronpa fan or not, may or may not be controversial dub. And I think he... what else has he done? Uh, well, we certainly could have lived without Christopher Sabat saying over 9,000 in the Danganronpa dub. Oh, I could have gone my whole Well, you know, that. <laughs> he had to say it sometime. It was not actually his line. <laughs> True, very true, and it's not like Bevins actually wrote the line, so... He's also the ADR director, since we're talking about uh, broadcast jobs, he's also the ADR director for Yurikuma Arashi in the winter season, and the coming in the next month, he will be doing the dub and the main voice of Nine in the Terror in Residence. And let us not forget Christopher Bevins' baby, Aquaria! Which we can no doubt expect him to dub Aquarion Logos whenever it comes out. Oh, he also did Devil as a Part-Timer. Oh yeah, he's done yeah. good work. So, and uh, and in general, of the four episodes that I've watched of this dub, because this dub is so dialogue heavy, a lot of it has to work with sort of the buddy-buddy dynamics of the two main characters. And that's what I re- recently noticed, is that their banter back and forth flows really well yeah um yeah I, I, it's sort of a, like a buddy cop type of show because you know they're always quipping back in another and 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 he's come like hyvia says something sarcastic and quinther sort of comes back at him and they sort of have like this this volley of the two between them and uh i think it flows really well seems like really natural quinther's got like the techno babble alongside a more like civilized approach while Havia's got the kind of relaxed doesn't give a fuck a little bit of a perv and also is just happens to be a royal yeah and he's always lusting after their commanding officer as well so yeah honestly I don't see anything wrong I think some of the dialogue choices could have been a little bit better Um, a lot of the dialogue problems I have I don't think are actually the result of of Chris Bevins or whoever the writer for the show was. I think that's more or less the results to the subtitles and or the script of the actual show. There's something I want to mention to that later on, like a particular thing that irks me, but we'll get to that after, like, later on. Yeah. yeah. The subs were weird. I do have to agree on that. Not as you bad think- as Seraph. 
Oof. Well, nothing was as bad as Seraph. Jesus, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm watching the sub just to stay with consistency, but holy shit, those have some really weird lines. Right. They weren't any better in the first season, believe me. Uh, that's what a lot of times... It's nothing if not consistent. A lot of times, you, for a lot of shows, it's actually they get the subtitles direct from Japan. I know with Shimonetta it came that way. King Records actually provided all the subs for them. Speaking of Shimonetta, I am so excited for the dub of that. Oh, I, yeah. I can't wait for the dub of that. Going off on a tangent, here's what, what I'm hoping for Shimonetta, is that I hope they do it two ways. I hope they do it full unedited, panty and stocking, just full vulgarity, but then I also hope they have a special feature where it puts the bleeps in. Yeah, so you can watch it here. either way. I almost feel like they have to be like they need the they need the dirty words, but they also need them to be like leaked out to work in that world at least. Right. which I like that show because for a pervy comedy, it doesn't rely on like upskirts and stuff to get your titillations, which I think is kind of clever and makes sense for that kind of world. Because well, it's all it's also really cleverly written which in a lot of ways it's sort of like prison school um it, it's funny because the two best written comedies of two best written shows of that particular season were the pervy sex comedies you know and, what it is i think it's a matter that they do like fan service comedy in a way that's interesting or unique and kind of different hell even with uh monster musume which was a show i watched in the summer as well alongside those two it was basically like a harem comedy and stuff, but it does interesting, like, weird gags you don't really get in a lot of other ones. So I think I like fan service when it's done differently, mm. which is not really what Heavy Object does. Not at no. all. Not at all. Okay, before we completely derail, let's start with casting predictions. Who should we start with? Oh, well, we're going to start at the bottom. Actually, I'm going to start with a new announcement that the wonderful Chris Bevins himself just gave me over Twitter. Ah. Uh, I asked him when I watched this episode, I said, are there any cast updates to episode four? And he said, just one. And he's, it was Flea Day. The, uh, he only had a few lines in this episode. He was the commanding officer, the guy in the shadows with the, uh, the big beard and older guy. And... I didn't even know he existed until I watched this episode, so obviously I didn't have any predictions. Did you, either of you guys, have any thoughts at all? I about... didn't even know he existed either. I just, I, I assumed when you were thinking, I'm thinking, who else was in this episode aside from the ocean? Um, <laughs> the ocean was a pretty big character, I have to admit that. <laughs> ocean wasn't looking the most transparent it's been, so to speak. That... That's some pretty ugly water, is what he's trying to say. Oh, yeah, it's not great. Not great. <laughs> but, yeah, I just figured when you said a new guy, it's like, oh, it's the guy behind the desk, whatever the fuck he, his deal is. Yeah. Uh, Roots, did you have you watched this episode yet? or? Yeah, have I have. Um, I didn't have a prediction for him because he doesn't play a major role until the next arc. Which I have yet to see. I've seen up to... I've seen five episodes subbed, and I've seen like three dubbed, and a little bit of four dubbed too. Anyway, what did you uh, did you, you didn't have any predictions at all? No, okay. I didn't know nope. he existed. All right. All right. Well, anyway, the guy behind the desk is voice his Fleet or Flight or whatever, uh, voiced by R. Bruce Elliott, 
And um What has he done before? I swear I recognize that name. He's Bruce in like Elliot, everything. He is in everything. He's Makarov from Fairy Tale. Ah. Every time you he's the narrator from Space Dandy. Ooh, I like that guy. Anytime you need a big old gruff voice, it's R. Bruce Elliott. Hmm. Or possibly John Swayze. Is he somebody in One Piece? Whitebeard. Like Whitebeard. Well to it. be to be fair, everyone's in One Piece. Also Pretty much true, everyone's in one but piece. But I feel like he was a title character, and he is a very title character indeed. Yeah, and other, he sounds like the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, other uh, other series that R. Bruce has been in is he's still, he's a Bacano as Sillard Quates. Uh, he was Oh fuck that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He was uh, Doctor Willow in the Funimation dub of uh, the World's Strongest, the Dragon Ball Z movie, also, which is not. The only Dragon Ball movie I have yet seen, but I feel like I need to rectify that soon. Yes, he's Makarov from Fairy Tale. He is uh, Odin from High School DxD. He was Whitebeard in One Piece. Um, he's just been in a whole lot of things. He's the the grumpy old man that you need when you need a grumpy old man voice. So, yeah. And uh, from the one, the two lines I heard, I don't have any complaints. I mean, we don't really know much about this character considering he hides behind a desk in the shadows just yet. But uh, but maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll some more. What, maybe we'll find out some more. What do you guys think? You know, Roots, you saw the you saw the episode, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to tell from like two lines. Um, he's gonna have a bigger role in the Australia arc coming up. But yeah, he sits on that desk really good. <laughs> uh, what uh, what Bevins didn't tell me was that he actually plays the guy who walks in and tells him the stuff. So. Because I could recognize his voice. Which anyway. means he's going to play a major role later in the series. More than <laughs> likely, yeah. You know, Bevins likes to sneak himself in there just like McFarlane does. And I'm is. sure the next big cast reveal will be whoever plays that girl with the really large boobs in the opening. I've got my predictions. It's probably... I, I was thinking probably Tia Ballard or someone like that, but we'll get that. I haven't later. even seen her in the show yet, so... She hasn't even appeared. But, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking Marchie at this point. Yeah. All right, so who's our next character on the docket? Yeah, officially announced, um, we have our first character, was Ayami Cherry Blossom, the, uh, the old woman who is the maintenance technician on the objects. Is your last name seriously Cherry Blossom? It is seriously Cherry Blossom, yes. Don't forget, this what? is a light novel for a non-Japanese. Yes. Every time you... Uh, well, I mean, this is a show where you have people named Quinther. So, oh, wait. Um, did you say her name already? The actress? No, no, no. No, not yet. I, uh, had, I had no predictions, but mm -hmm. I had a... A, the, there's only one that came to mind. Linda Young. I don't even know if she still actually does voice acting. That was the only thing I could think of when it came to, like, an old lady. Yeah, Linda Young would have been good. Linda Leonard is another one. She was uh, Sunai in uh, Summer Wars. Might have done a good job. Uh, the, who I predicted, actually, was um, Rachel Robinson. Same here. Yeah, she's been quite a few older ladies in a lot of broadcast dubs lately. And that's who I was expecting. She can kind of do that sort of mostly southwestern accent that you kind of expect from the engineering type characters. 
Yeah. Funny you should bring that up because when we actually announce who is in the cast, uh, that's I find that actually fitting. I was just going to go on another tangent since we needed to mention time. Do people actually think Linda Young is a better er Frieza for anything, no. for anything outside of nostalgia? No. I, I, I can't believe it. Where it's like, I could see people having a problem with, like, Gohan's voice in Kai. I don't understand how somebody could actually say Christopher Ares is the inferior Frieza. Because people have rose-tinted glasses. They, oh, yeah. In my yeah. eyes, both kind of had their advantages. Lindy Young made it sound like a spoiled child. Whereas Christopher Ayers kind of took it to a Shakespearean route. Fair enough, but when you're trying to have the character actually be, like, sinister and even a little bit, like, cocky and full of themselves... I... All, all I can remember is, you know, the one line, if that's the way you want it, big boy. Also, if you were, yeah. if you were a dog, I would pet your belly. Or, no, <laughs> or the best one is, like... Uh, you know, these balls filled me with a sense of joy. I long to caress them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Frieza, you know, you know, it's, you know, I, <laughs> Captain Ginyu's looking at you awfully funny over there, so. Uh, anyways, uh, before we get off too, on, too much on a tangent, uh, the actress who's actually playing Miss Ayami is Wendy Powell, who we have not heard from yet in a broadcast dub. Oh, actually, we haven't heard from here in quite a few, quite a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wendy Powell, most famous as Envy from Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Is that uh, Yep. Okay. And uh, she was also Medusa in Soul Eater? No, 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 no that, she was not Medusa in Soul Eater. No, no, oh, no, she, no, that was Lucy Christian. Um, she, she's the Grand Witch. Like, there it is, right. okay. The Witch. Yes. It's been uh, a really long time since I've watched Soul Eater, so I get characters mixed up soul eater, yeah. soul eater is one of like my favorites even though the ending is crap actually i think that's the one manga series i think i will actually ever succeed in probably owning all of it at some point anyway other major roles for wendy powell she was misora kasuga in negima uh she was uh, a few she was miss negi and miss merry christmas in one piece um she was which one's miss merry christmas again uh there's so many characters she was the mole i don't know. oh mole woman got it yeah oh she was lady iku in shigurui death frenzy meaning she played the character she played the prostitute who got her nipple cut off and eaten um i'm sorry hold up what yep. oh yeah what the yep. fuck is Shigur- what yeah. watch it and learn yeah like we we couldn't do that justice if we tried yeah, there is no words that you have to see it for yourself. Okay. Uh, yeah, other major roles, she plays Amina in the second season of Tower Draga, and she was Miyu, Mio Kurahashi in, recently in Tokyo Ravens. So, yeah, uh, we haven't seen Wendy for a long time, and it's good to see her back. And I find it funny that you mentioned that Southwestern accent, because as this character, as Miss Ayami... You might not know this, but you the character speaks with a very distinct accent. That is not far off from Wendy's actual voice. Oh wow, really? Yeah. No, if you if you listen to if you watch the uh, special features, the behind the scenes features for uh, Full Metal Alchemist, the first one, uh, she has a very very distinct Texan accent. 
and she oftentimes has to mask over it. Like whenever she says leg, she says leg. And so this character is basically, it's a little bit, it's, it's basically just an over-exaggerated version of her own voice. And so it's actually very fitting for the character. Speaking of Brotherhood, I'm really pissed at the Funimation site for something on like they were doing for a sale. Mind if I go on a tangent for a minute? We don't want to go on too many tangents. We we do have fine, to. Fine, fine, fine. Point yeah. point is, I own the DVDs instead of the Blu-rays, and then they put the whole all the Blu-rays plus the OVA in a sixty-dollar bundle the day after the Black Friday day sales. Boom, 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 boom. I'm it fucking happens. angry. It happens. It happens. Well, I mean, Steam sales do that to you all the time too. So, I mean, thoughts about the performance? She did fine. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, she sounded about what I expected for, uh, you know, the 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 older head of engineering kind of character. She, she, right. did, she did a good job with the old lady with an attitude kind of voice and personality. I mean, she has easily the least screen time of all of the listed characters. It's ma- The majority of it is three characters plus one certain other character, which we're going to segue to... Mm-hmm. Now? Maybe. Alright. Yes, speaking of our Commander-in-Chief... Uh, the big wig and big something else of the uh, of the group, uh, Miss Frolatia Capistrano. By the way, just a heads up, I completely forgot her name when I was writing my casting predictions, so I just have her listed as Busty Weeaboo. <laughs> that sounds very, very um, appropriate. That's that's her character. Busty Weeaboo. That's probably going to end up as the actual name of someone, of an actual character in a Yashiro Naitao manga. It's going to be Busty <laughs> Weeaboo. And it's probably going to be a man. So. God Christ. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, Klaus is pretty busty himself. Well, yeah. Oh, here's a fun fact. You know Klaus is only 28? Huh. No way! Yeah. Yep. He, he never misses the gym at all. No, he... he Looks much older than he is, but yeah. Anyways, uh, Miss Felicia, did we have any predictions? Uh, you want to go first, Eris Roots? Or sure. Uh, yeah, I had Whitney Rogers, okay. mainly because of uh, prison school. She does play a lot of the purple-haired bitches, doesn't she? Because you know she she played the similar character in in both Defrag and in Hagenai. Where it was, you know, very commanding, forceful, do as I say or I'll beat you up sort of character. And so, yeah, I think Whitney Rogers probably would have been good. What about you, um, Spartan? Okay, so my first, basically, when I was coming up with two characters, I got two characters for her. Basically, I saw the character as commanding also a little bit like sassy and maybe bitchy when she needs to be but also let me ask you did you get this one right i did not get this one right okay okay then go ahead um my first guess was jamie marchi ah i see that was my first guess because basically i was thinking along the lines of uh liz and or you know scanty no not scanty up Panty. Panty. Scanty yeah. is somebody else. Right. 
I, I, that, just that kind of like bitchy, but also kind like preppy. Yeah. Preppy is that the word? I don't know. You just cast Jamie because of the character's big boobs, right? She, she has that kind of aura. <laughs> aura, that's what we're calling them now. Okay. She has her, a very... her voluptuous aura. Yes. <laughs> like, you, you see Lucario, like, using the power of aura, just looking at her, going, hot damn. <laughs> Huge tracts of land. <laughs> So what was your other prediction? Did You You said you had two. I had a second one. My second mm-hmm. prediction was Trina Ni- Nishimura. Ah, yes. I, so explain that one. That's kind of a basic, off the wall one. I, I see it's kind of like, because I was thinking of something along the lines of Shane and Kurisu, because I saw Bitchy, but I feel that voice can actually also do the kind of like, teasing sexy voice as well that I would see from a character like Felatia. Ah, I see. As Felatia? Felate... (laughs) God damn it, Hardy. (laughs) Felatia. Sorry, Lilac. (laughs) Felatia. That's not going to be the last one of the night either, is it? No, it's not. Not by a long shot at all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Jamie Markey and Trina Nishimura and Roots, you had um, uh, Whitney Rogers. Rogers. I actually kind of went off in left field for this one. Um, Someone you probably wouldn't expect. I actually kind of predicted Jade Saxton for this one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, is it Jade or Jad? Jade. Oh, it is Jade. It is Jade. There's, There's, I believe, an accent above the A. Yeah. Okay. That makes right. sense. Yeah, but is Jade Saxton, and the reason being, it she doesn't really play a lot of big, busty, commanding characters like this. But uh, I kind of went off her, the attitude that she displayed in um, as Nona in Death Parade, hmm. and as um, as as the student council council president in Ultimate Otaku Teacher. Sort of that. You, you are know, the only person who likes that show, by the way. <laughs> I am not the only person. I happen to know that Lilac and Jamstar both enjoy that show, and uh, Zenith was kind of partial to it himself. But um, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna look on my anime list or anime, anime planet. It will be like, how many people like this show? Four. <laughs> yeah, yes, the art we... style kind of scared me off of it. Oh, it looks like butt, but I mean... I it's mean, an A1 I, picture show, and they do like five a season, so it's to be yeah. expected. Honestly, Spartan, you like Ruby, and you get on me for looking liking a show that looks like ass? I don't care, whatever. <laughs> I know uh, people are... I could say people are watching Ruby. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was me. Yeah, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> But, uh... Oh. oh. Anyways. Anyways. <clears throat> um, uh, the character is... Uh, no, anyway. I predicted Jade Saxton because she played these sort of commanding characters in Death Parade and, and UOT. And, and I think she also was someone in World Break uh, for the very few episodes of that show I actually stomached that, um, that she was a very similar, you know, demanding sort of character. Um... 
and so yeah, I kind of went off the deep end with that one. Which uh, one was World Break again? The uh, Chuny, exactly. The Chuny Fantasy one. The, which which are you know World which could Break be absolute. Anything. It's World Break. It's Absolute Duo. It's Sky Wizards Academy. It's all of those. You know, just throw a dart one. Throw a dart at the dartboard. There, one. There's like two They're, this season that are almost the exact same show. Yeah, Chivalry of a Failed Knight and the Asterisk Wars. But uh, anyways, uh, that's who I predicted. And of course, I thought if I'm wrong, they'll just, you know, default it to Colleen. So uh-huh. Colleen's yeah. my second choice. But uh, it turns out we're all wrong. Who is actually voicing Miss Frolatia uh, is Morgan Garrett. Morgan Garrett, you might have heard from uh, her first her first role, I believe, first major role was as uh, Tina in Toriko. Uh, she was Akira Mado in Tokyo Ghoul Route A. Uh, she was um, she's been a lot recently. She's uh, oh, she's Seraphim. Yeah, she's Seraphim from uh, Is This a Zombie? She is the uh, the Beauty by the Lake Ayame Shaga from Bento. Uh, she's Kaori Kanzaki from Certain Magical Index, which leading us back to our index connections again. Uh, let's see, other ones. She is uh, she's Botan from Laughing Under the Clouds. Uh, Sophia Obertus from Lord Moxman and Vanities, the upcoming dub for that. Uh, Azuki Shinatsu from Mocking Key. And, uh, and a few other roles. She, Soshi Whitetail from Sky Wizards. You know, no matter, even though no one cares about that show. But, anyways, I think Morgan did okay. Uh, my issue with Morgan is that sometimes she comes across like she's just reading from the page, and I think that was kind of an issue that they had here uh, when she's playing these sorts of very matter-of-fact characters. Is she kind of? Kind of doesn't sound the most human at times, but I, I think it fits all right. She's this isn't the first time she's done this kind of role. I mean, in fairness, I don't think that character is human anyway. She looks like that and dresses like that when she's 18. Right. Yeah, major growth spurt right there. I mean, I'm I'm 19, so sick, awesome. Yeah. Oh, any other thoughts? What about you, Ruth? Uh, you know characters kind of uh what's the word um two-dimensional i don't think there's anything two-dimensional about that character (laughs) (laughs) boob joke yeah take old take old bitties (laughs) anyways go ahead even in the japanese version the dialogue was kind of felt a bit flat so I huge trucks of land. I just, I just keep walking into one. these. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, it writes it for itself. It really does. <laughs> and here comes a pit trap. Yep. Okay. Uh, but so yeah, about- there, I, I don't think there was much that could have been done for the character. To be honest, she does well for what, for what you know, for Alicia is. Also, there's a lot of talking. So lots of talking. That's uh, and that's another. That's that's another bit of the show. There's more. There's iron giant iron walls of exposition that would put even the objects themselves to shame. Okay, so I think. Have we gotten all our thoughts on her? I, I, I think Morgan does a 
satisfactory job for what she's doing. I think any, like, stilted dialogue can easily be rectified for the DVD release of the broadcast dub, which we still yet to actually get a DVD release of a broadcast dub yet, now that I think about it. Th this yeah. is true. I mean, we should... Because... They should be coming out soon. I mean, yeah, we should be we should be like, seeing a solicitation for Psychopaths Two like any day. But to be fair, do you actually want one for Psychopaths Two? No. Exactly. I'm and, I'm fine with the sets of Psychopaths I've got. I'll wait. For maybe the movie. The, maybe the movie. I I I do kind of want to see the movie. So yeah, um, she does a good job at what she does. And any problems could be re any like spilled dialogue could be rectified, but I think yeah, she does a fine job with the character, and she struts her stuff pretty well. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I think it's, you think it's a pro it's a role that she should stick her chest out in pride over. Yes, but <laughs> I th I think we've had enough time. I think let's all transition from 3D to 2D. Oh, that's a small boob joke. Yes, yes. for a yes. small, slightly younger than comfortable character. Yes, who? Yeah, she after watching ep after watching episode four, I'm like, dude. Yeah. I'm like, guys, really? That's um, I that's a massage. I really don't feel comfortable being a fly I'm on the like, wall it's, for. It's, is Chris Hansen about to come into my house at any moment now? I'm just, you know. Anyways, we are talking about the adorable little Melinda Blentini. Princess Melinda, actually. She is adorable, though. She is yeah. a little doll, yeah. As you know, and speaking entirely in a non-sexual manner, of course, because, you know... See, we, you... we want to speak in a non-sexual manner, but the show won't let us. Yeah, the show is like, look at this, fat to this. This is what you want, and I'm like, no. I think the first or second shot of her was a shower scene. It is. It literally, when she's introduced, she's in the shower, and I'm like, I, I know I'm not supposed to look at this, but it, the show's not giving me much of a choice. Also, I think she's like flat. She's 14. She is 14, but I she's flat. But like the first episode, there's the whole like uh, belt. Scene. And God, it's just, I need an adult, but I'm an adult. <laughs> I am an adult. Honestly, that we need to call Felicia. Felicia, our adult, our sponsored dub talk adult. I actually came really close to to just dropping that show after that first episode. Oh, if that bothered you that much, don't ever go near Dragon R Academy. I don't plan to. That doesn't. Don't. That doesn't look great. Do yourself a huge favor. Anyways, you know, Princess Melinda, the adorable little girl she is, um, she is the one who pilots the objects. Uh, and apparently, according to the story, only certain certain uh, members of this nobility are able to pilot the objects. And um, did anyone have any predictions for Miss Moe herself? Uh, I had two. If you got it right, then let us know, and you'll go last. There's one I actually did get right, but it's not okay. her. Okay. Um, my first... Okay, Alicia Angeli. Angel. 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 I'm not the best with pronunciations and stuff. Yeah, she was one of mine as well. 
And she was one of mine as well, so we all predicted Felicia. Wow, we were all on point with that. What was your second one, Spartan? Uh, Tia Ballard. Okay. Because my friend, my friend's very into Data Live, so I was watching a little bit of that with him, I think, at the time, and he really likes Yoshino a lot, and I'm hearing Yoshino talk, and I'm like, she's, she sounds really cute, and honestly, Tia Ballard does really cute characters, and yeah. Melinda, was it, what's the character's name? Melinda, Melinda yeah. Melinda's adorable. Mm. Tia sounds adorable. Let's roll with that. Yeah. After all, she is happy, after all. Though Felicia is also uh, the greatest character in Seraph of the Ends. Oh, the of course. lovable, <laughs> brilliant troll that is, you know... Might as well have been her show. Like, if, if it were about her, I would have been all over it. <clears throat> Seriously, if the entire show was basically just Shinoa calling you a pathetic virgin, I would watch that, like, tenfold. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah. I am already, but she needs would have been her a own lot better. She needs her own spinoff starring Karma from Assassination Classroom. <laughs> yes. And all they do is just go into other people's shows and troll them. <laughs> I am so down for that. <laughs> But anyways, what did who was your second um, second prediction, Roots? Um, I actually got the second one. I actually got right. So okay, so my second prediction is every time I see a character like this, I usually revert to the twins, as I call them. Um, one is Felicia Angel, the other is Bren April, hmm. because they both sound very similar. In oh, fact, I didn't think of Bren. Yeah. And uh, they actually did play twins in an Ultimate Otaku Teacher, and, and uh, I was like, <laughs> they announced it. I'm like, Felicia was like, first of all, I have a hard enough time telling you apart as it is, and now you play sisters. Sheesh. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, every time a character like this comes out, I'm like, yeah, it's either gonna be Bryn April or it's gonna be Felicia. So. I can't believe I didn't think of Bryn because she is the cutest Hiori ever. Yeah, she's like awesome. Hi Hiori sounds adorable. Oh, you think? Oh, you think she sounds cute? Have you watched Show by Rock yet? I have not seen Show by Rock yet. It will. Your heart will be melted. You'll be moved. You'll I'm, have emotions. I'm kind of waiting for the Blu-ray to watch the rest of the dub because I, I kind of want the songs as well. Yeah, right. You want to hear Vic Mignogna singing? <laughs> Look, to be fair, who doesn't? He's like, so climb aboard and bring along all your hopes and dreams. <laughs> Remember I'm, when he sang Brothers? I'm Remember when he sang Brothers from the original FMA series? I try not to remember many things about Vic Magana, to be fair. Not a fan? <laughs> no, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's uh, We'll move on from that. Yeah. So, so, Noted. All right. So tell us who you got Who got the job, Roots. Who, uh, who did you predict who actually turned out to be right? It ended up being Alexis Tipton. Mm -hmm. Alexis Tipton, obviously, if you have not heard her in any dubs, then you don't watch Funimation at all. Uh, she is, of course, one of my personal favorite waifus, uh, Sunsetto from My Bride is a Mermaid. Uh, she has been in a lot. She was. She's she's a staple of the uh, of the broadcast dubs from the looks of things. Pretty much, she is uh, Saya from Blood Sea other broadcast dubs she's been in she was choo choo from show by rock uh she was um 
Let's see other. She was uh, let's see Anya from Soul Eater Not. She's Honey from Space Dandy. Uh, let's see here. What other? She was Kureha from Yurikuma Arashi. She starred in Musubi from Sekirei. And uh, just a whole bunch of, a whole bunch. She was Haru Ichinose re recently from uh, Riddle Story of Devil. Just got done watching that. Yeah, Kofuku from Noragami and Noragami Aragato. She's really good in that. Oh, yeah. she's She's been in a lot. I and actually met her. Really? No. Yeah. I think I got her to sign my copy of Sacred Star of Milos. Oh, cool. Really? Yeah, very nice. Um, so, what did you, what did you guys think of Alexis as Princess Melinda? Good job. She does. It's a little more like straight man kind of. Very reserved, sort very of. Yeah. Reserved, calm, but like I said, she sounds like she sounds like her. She's got the voice that can and work it. She can do the. Um, more quiet moments. I, I think one of the moments like I thought was cute in both versions of the show, I think it's episode three when they're about to take off and they're telling her to be safe in here and then she's like, good luck. In like Japanese, you have the little kanbate and like, aww. And then she's just like, hey, good, good luck. I'm like, aww. Like, Your mm. heart was melted. Yeah. It was cute. Yes. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm talking about how she does a good job. Right. Point is, she does a good job. Yeah. But what about you, Roots? It was a little more cloyingly cute than I expected it to be, but it works. Right. Similar in nature to what I felt about Hana in Prison School. Well, I mean, those are completely different characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was Hana from Prison School. Which, you know, my thoughts on the matter are on an episode of Doug Talk. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you want you want to have a really fun, funny, awkward headcanon? Just imagine Hana is Melinda when she hits puberty. Oof, that is a terrifying thought. That is a as for as far as me, you know, it sounds like Alexis is doing her best uh, best to sort of ape the Yuki Nagato type role. Very quiet and reserved, and. Um, speaks very eloquently and really only when spoken to and asked questions so i mean yeah it works for me i think it's i think it works fine alexis definitely has the chops and experience to pull off the oh yeah role. most I mean, definitely we've, we've heard her in pretty much every role at this point uh every type of role every genre at this point uh she's even voiced a few little boys if you can believe it or not but um i can believe it Oh yeah, but so yeah, I mean, she's a professional, and it shines through here. And uh, even though it's sort of, sort of a more quiet, more reserved character, I think it it works really well. Sort of the lowly Yuki Nagato type character of the. I know that some people are just fantasizing irresponsibly over that sort of image. Like, get your mind out of the gutter. Shame <laughs> I mean, on you. I mean, it, she's just cute. Yes, and, and nothing she, more. I mean, yes. <laughs> And nothing more. So show, please. Yes. God, please. I I know you have a showers. <laughs> I know you have showers. I know you have like massage tables. Suits. I know you have massage tables with really cold liquid. I know you have all those tools at your disposal, but don't use them on her. At least use them on the busty weeaboo. The bad thing is, Spartan is in episode nine. She puts on a bikini. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> his mind is broken he's gone 
Don't put her in a bikini. Put her in, like, pajamas or something. <laughs> Christ. Anyways, moving on from the pedo bait, uh, uh, we have our first of the bromance, our first main character of our two. Um, it's we... funny you mention bromance, because there's something I want to mention about the two actors. I know after. exactly what you're going to say, and yes, we're going to bring it up when we get to it. Trust me, because we, we brought it up in the showman sample. Um dub as well and yeah we're Did definitely gonna really? we are gonna talk oh. about it yeah of course all right so yeah by the first... way showman sample favorite show of the year not even yeah. i'll give it this it's more entertaining than bikini warriors and unlike uh, valkyrie drive mermaid i can watch it with a clear conscience but anyways um first up is havia winchell of their two main characters he's the noble of the two the brunette um sort of got a smart mouth bit of a perv and uh so he's more of the he is more of the military type as opposed to quinther's more analytical type uh so did we have any predictions for havia um i have three one of which actually came to be okay so you you go last um I actually predicted Clifford Chapman. I also predicted Clifford Chapman. And that was because of my prediction for Quinther, who I'll get back to. But, uh, but yeah, I, I predicted Clifford for this one. He seems to be... He seems like he would have been a good a good choice for the role. What about you, Roots? Um, this actually kind of ended up a little interesting, but for right now, I had Havia with um, Aaron Dismuke. Really? I can see it. Uh, I could possibly see it. Ooh, okay, anything else? Any other predictions? Uh, Spartan, the... you actually got one right. So, Roots, go ahead. Oh, uh, the the interesting part is something that we'll get to with the last of the... Okay, yeah. so I'll, I'll just say the last of my two predictions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my second prediction was actually Eric Vale. Really? Hmm. I don't know. It's just there was something in the demeanor... In the, de in the demeanor, yeah. it's I don't, The demeanor I could see, I just don't really know if I could match that face to Eric Vale. Thinking, thinking about it now, I think I probably would have picked somebody else, but my main idea was that he was like a, like a kind of casual talker, sort of smooth, a little bit of a perv, thinking more Sanji and less Farid. Oh, yeah. Farid, yes. By the way, Eric... Contrary to popular belief, Eric Vale does not kill children. That we know of. Nor does he <laughs> slap women or or poop his pants, so I still think I still think my favorite thing from like that episode of Double Talk is that he woke up like he's like, so I just saw a bunch of hashtags saying I kill children. What the hell did I miss? Yeah. And that was funny to me right yeah i i could see that i could see it demeanor wise maybe not so much in havia's yeah. face and in his structure but yeah definitely the demeanor is there so and my, my third and final prediction was the one i picked actually funny enough i picked this one for both characters since he seemed interchangeable for both yeah i've, I've done that for a few characters before anyways uh, Havia is played by pretty big veteran voiceover Micah Solisad. Right. 
Obviously, and Micah Solicide is a voice of Soul from Soul Eater, the titular character. I uh, think that was like his first big one, now that I think about it. Was. It was. He's also um, Yukine from Norgami. He, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's Jonah from Jormungand. He is uh, he is the main character from Codebreaker, even though no one remembers what his name is. He's Black from Blood Blockade Battlefront. I always thought he was Asian. That was fucking awful. He's also Toma. He's the main character, Toma Kamijo from Certain Magical Index. He's Ray Ogami from Codebreaker. He's, uh, he is... Yuichiro Hakia from Seraph of the End. Oh, yes, he's you. But which I'm we'll me. get to. He'll, yeah. We'll get oh, to... Oh, he's he, also B from Space Dandy. He, oh, yeah. What we need to mention is not only is he Havia, he's also Yuichiro from Seraph of the End, and he's Baby... He's uh, Baby... Um, not Warwick, but Nicholas from Gangsta. Yeah. So, with that in mind... Keep that in mind when we go to our next. But, we uh, will keep that in mind. Right. But first, I want to talk about Micah Solusad. Right. When it comes to Micah, he has what I would like to call a dual range. He he has, when I think of Micah Solusad, he has what I consider two particular voices. And I'm go- I'm going to say it like this. He either is... Oh, I forgot. He's also Team Kobe. Basic from One Piece. Right. Basically, he is either... Actually, no. There's a perfect metaphor for this with One Blockade Battlefront. He is either Black or the King of Despair. Or Blank. Blank. That's what I want to use. He's either Black or Blank. Let me explain what I mean by that. Black is... This much more, I guess, high-pitched little boy kind of voice. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more high-pitched, kind of sometimes a little timid, but sounds younger and like happy, a little bit optimistic. Yeah, he just sounds a lot like he sounds a lot more like a kid or a like younger teenage boy and whatnot. That is the black side of his range. Right. And the blank side of his range is the one he uses for Havia. The blank side is Soul Eater, or Jonah from Jormungan, where it's this much, like, it's this much deeper, kind of gruffer, cool guy kind of voice, where he just sounds a little, like, he sounds tough. He sounds like he's he's been in a couple of fights. Where he'll he'll do, he'll just lay back and do things, or a tough guy that can take control of the situation, and that he Havia is blank. Havia is the blank side where it's it's it sounds a lot like Soul Eater, although not quite as unhinged mentally, apparently. No, no, he's not. He's not blank. The character mm-hmm. he is just he is. To put it more simply, for those who haven't seen Blood Blockade, he basically sounds exactly like Soul Eater. Pretty and much. That is a that is a good thing actually, because yeah. for that kind of character, he he sounds a little. Because Soul is a character that is like wealthy, but kind of doesn't give a shit, and that's kind of the same thing with Avia, because if 
I didn't know, I would have assumed Quenther was like the noble of rich heritage and not Havia. Havia doesn't act it at all. He's just like, I don't give a fuck. I want to go to the military, just chill around, kill some people, maybe get to see a few boobs. And yeah. All right. And don't forget, he also voiced Dr. B from Space Dandy, which is completely like none of the others that you just listed. Yep. I, I, I'd i say B's a little more in his... His kid range. His kid range. I, yeah. I'd By say way, about halfway, really. It's, yeah. I'd say, yeah, considering the end. Yeah, few and few. By the way, I just gotta say, Michael Solisod's probably one of my favorite actors, like, current actors. Because... Oh, you and Megan would get along great, because she has the hugest crush on him. She's uh, like... Remember, I, I marathoned Noriga- like the first season of Noragami to catch up to the du- a yeah. du- double talk, and the, the episode 9 was really, like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think, Roots? What do you, what do you think of Micah's performance as Havia? You know, it's kind of interesting Spartan brought up the, the lower side of Micah Solsad's voice, because I think he actually went a level deeper than I've heard him before like this this is about the deepest i've heard his voice go like at all and he pulls it off i think i've heard him go a little bit deeper than this but i can't remember what role it's it's been a while it was it wasn't anything major i think it was like a one-off or something that where you could not barely tell it was even him but uh but yeah i think he's fine as havia i think he plays well off of the actor who who voices uh quinther Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second because um, for reasons. But uh, actually, it, you know what? That what you just said kind of clarifies my thoughts a bit. Havia sounds like he is played by Micah Solsad's older brother. Ah, is that a good thing? Considering you know vocal range is really good for an actor to have. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so, moving on, we can't really give our main impression. I can't really give my main impression on Havia's performance without bringing in Quinther Barfatage, whatever that, whatever kind of last. Remember, this is a Japanese guy trying to write European names, and uh, you remember they Bust- all but- come out like young adult yeah. novel names. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Busty Weeaboo will be a character in a Yashiro Naito novel eventually, and it will be an old man. <laughs> it was probably the username of that alien that got caught which had like all the like light novels in his room or something more than likely yeah but anyways uh quinther barbatage whatever his name barbatage barbatage yeah a main character he is the other half of the duo uh the two who wear toilet paper shoulder pads uh I I was thinking the shoulder pads look a little outrageous. Yeah. They do. It's just outrageous. But um, anyway, we'll get to the shoulder pads later. But uh, but yeah, he's the more analytical, uh, more technologically uh, minded of the two. He's more soft-spoken, always more optimistic, not necessarily the... He's a a good clash with Javier's sort of... uh, antagonistic more sarcastic personality and we, we can't really think of of him as the main character even though he is the narrator you have to it's sort of like 
Well, it, it's sort of like a situation with Warwick and Nicholas from Gangsters where they're both the main character. You can't really choose one or the other. They sort of just inhabit the, the main... They sort of share the main character spot, in my opinion. So many good... Tra- I could have made a good transition there. Jesus. Let, let's let's get to the prediction. Anyway, my prediction was actually Michael Solisad for this one. I thought mm-hmm. about it like long and hard. I'm like, you know, I really don't know of any actor... I can't really think of any actor who I could envision other than Micah Solicide for this role. He just seems like he could, like he would play, as you mentioned, his black voice for this. uh, That's what I was about to ask. Did you see him as black or blank? Yeah, as black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As William instead of uh, the King of Despair. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's who I predicted. And of course, it turned out to be Havia, so... By the way, that has to be a section. That has to be a segment every time we have Micah Solisad on this show now. Black or blank? Well, I'll mention <laughs> that to Megan, but she's just going to fangirl regardless. So she's going to be, oh my God, or whatever. Uh, she Love you, Megan. Please don't kill me. Anyways, what did you guys predict? My first prediction for him was Josh Greeley? Greeley. 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 Okay, so I that simple. That's really another guy I also made that production. Not a good dude. Pretty much the only thing, the only reason I came to that conclusion, Armin. Really? Mm. He's basically like Armin. With balls. I actually, I actually like Armin I like, a lot. I like Armin a lot, but I mean, the kids, kids got to grow up pair of or he's got to hit puberty sometime. Oh, believe me, in the sh- in like the show, and even actually, I've been reading up with the manga. I'm excited to see season two. That kid really steps up. Mm-hmm. Like he may as well be one of the smartest and almost most dangerous characters in that whole show. Oh, I know and- he's definitely one of the smarter ones. He's just yeah. If you I've- listen to his his screams, you just have to wonder, like, dude, you know. Or- you okay, man? Yeah. Everything, everything you know, solid down there? I mean, just... <laughs> Simple point. Analytical, smart-mouthed, but also like a fast talker if need be. Mm-hmm. And he can pull a wide range of voices. And I figured, hey, yeah. he's done good stuff. Josh would be a really good choice now that I think about it. But, you know, I've just... I was too busy putting him trying to... Use sexy Josh for Dance with Devils, but see how well that turned out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, what about you, Roots? Yeah. Um, what I had here was, you know, since there was kind of the implication that he'd be sticking around because he um, he leaked he was on another show, mm-hmm. and well, you know, what? I'll just say it. I um, I had Vic. Really? What? So, let me get it straight. You, Roots, wanted Vic for Quinther, and I... and Spartan wanted Eric Vale for Havia. What kind of show would that have turned out to be? A, much, a show where older men are perving on characters that are 14 and 18. Which, actually, now that I think about it, does not sound far from the truth concerning those two. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I um, I kind of saw a little bit of Edward Elwark's snark in um, 
Inquenter. Okay. So that's kind of where I went with it. Yeah, I don't think Quinther is as... He's much more optimistic than Edward is. That's... I, I don't really see that. You know, I, I don't know. It's... That's weird. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by Vic as well, now that I think about it. Anyways. Because, uh, you know, I, and, you know, I also had Aaron Dismuke as Havia. Mm-hmm. Figured that oh, yeah. fraternal kind of relationship would have come through. I also forgot I had a second choice for Quenther as well in Austin Tindall. Ah, I see. Yeah, Austin's been pretty popular as the main character lately. lately. I've, I've still yet to actually watch Tokyo Ghoul, sub or dub. Though my friend on the Tumbles very much likes to post spoilers for that and Fairy Tale. Uh, you, uh, that's what you get for going on Tumblr. Skip Honestly, Fair enough. Wait, what? Skip Rude, like, entirely. Every, Do not watch every, it. Everybody seems to be very against Rude. A. What is the deal with that? From what, from what I've heard, what I've seen is they're not against it. It's just very mixed. It's yeah. like some people just like Rude A because it's a continuation of Tokyo Ghoul. Because you have to have some of Rude A because the way Tokyo Ghoul Season 1 ends is a complete cliffhanger. So, so if you ended, it would be if you ended Tokyo Ghoul at season one, it'd be even worse situation than the gangsta finale, Ooh. and we all know how bad that turned out. Well, what ended up oh, ha- what ended up happening was the uh, the manga hadn't quite reached its conclusion yet when production started, so they just picked a certain point, animated up to it, and then what ended up being Route A was the author's notes about where they wanted to go with the franchise. But, you know, the editor stepped in and it all ended up getting changed. I feel like the stuff that happened with Route A would make a really good season of Shiro Bako. <laughs> Probably. Speaking of which, Hardy, get on that shit. Uh, what I feel like. God. Anyways. Um, Gotta eat your tots, man. By the way... I, I see a lot of people when it comes to shonen adaptations, they really don't want it ever to be. Basically, whenever I see a new shonen jump manga is getting an anime adaptation, my first thought is, please, dear God, don't be Toei. Don't, don't be Toei. Yeah. And the one I see some people talk about is Piro. D- Piro. Yeah. Though I don't think they're nearly as criminally offensive as Toei. I can see at least some of the problems, and we, all I can say is, hopefully, if you're a Twin Star Exorcist fan and you really hate Perot, you're shit out of luck. We have got to get moving. We are getting off on such a tangent. Anyways. My Hero Academia is bones, and I am fucking pumped. Woo. Any, anyways, you know, voicing Quinther Barpatage is a newcomer, relative newcomer to, um, to Funimation, Justin Briner. I like him. Yeah. yeah, Justin, as as you know, doubt no, uh, he voices Alum from Heroic Legend of Arslan. Actually, he this is all he has voiced. Um, he has been roles in a certain Magical Index, the movie. He was Kalabata from Defrag. He was Alice from Dragon R Academy. He's been no name roles in Fairy Tale. Uh, he was young Warwick or Wallace Archangelo, uh, and in, the in, big one in Gangsta. Uh, well, we're getting to it. 
Uh, Alim from Arslan. He's been in One Piece. Uh, he's based in Season 2. And Ultimate Otaku Teacher. And the big one is is Mika from Seraph of the End. Can I say it now, Hardy? Can you, I say it? You can say it. Okay. Quenther is voiced by Justin Briner, who is Mika. Havia, who is voiced by Micah Solisad, is you from Seraph of the End. Those two, Havi Quenther and Havia, are basically the straight bro <laughs> version of Mika and you. Yes. Yep. They no. are the straight bro version. They would hang out at a party, chugging some beers, hitting on girls, and then complimenting each other, and then immediately just saying, no homo, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. Hey! Yeah. yeah, and they are also the young versions of Warwick and Nick, who are also... So, uh, let me bring this up. In all three cases, Justin is blonde, Mike is a brunette. In all three cases. Mind equals blown. Yeah. There's a lot of blowing going there's a lot of blowing going on with me than you, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Oh my. And let's hope it's not Mika doing it because Oh change the subject. Change the subject. (laughs) Yeah. Careful with those teeth now. But anyways. I would uh, ship Shinoa with you, but you is too shitty for her. Everybody knows the Shinoa needs to be uh, shipped with Mitsuba, or as we I'm, call it, Shitsuba. Yo, Shinoa <laughs> should be shipped with me. That's what I'm saying. Oh my. Okay, Any, anyways, thoughts on Justin's <laughs> performance as Quinther? Oh, I think he's great. Yeah. What about you, Roots? Gets the job done, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Uh, the one role you didn't forget to mention. Oh, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. I am going to bring it up um, because it ties into all these other roles that he's playing, been playing, believe it or not. Uh, in my personal opinion, Justin sort of has, he's kind of got a Jerry Jewel meets Spike Spencer kind of voice with a sort of Eric Scott Kimmerer thrown in there. Um, at, when I first heard him as as in Seraph of the M. I was kind of not feeling it, but that's only because he was voicing like the little kid version of him at first. Uh, I kind of thought he sounded like Daryl Gilbo, and Daryl Gilbo is like my all-time least favorite voice actor of all time. I mean, I'll I- say I'll say this though about Daryl, he actually does some pretty good stuff in the newest season of Do La La La. Daryl act- Daryl is good as a stage actor, but the problem is he tries stage acting for anime and you can't do that because with stage acting you have to say every single word exactly as it is spelled and you have to enunciate every syllable so that the people in the back in the nosebleed sections can make out every word you're saying and that doesn't work with anime it makes it sound creepy and robotic but it but it works for the newest season of Durarara. Because I watched the first season of Durarara, I was not a fan of Daryl Gilbert. It doesn't quite work for that because he's supposed to be like a positive and a happy kid. Seriously, if you're watching Durarara times two, show, it's not show, it's ten. Durarara, Durarara, if you're watching, if you saw the... That show, D-R-R-R. If you saw the newest season dubbed of D-R-R-R, 
he actually fits into that character pretty well. Anyways, I derailed that pretty bad. Right. Continue. Yeah. Anyway, I like Justin Briner as Quinther. This is probably my favorite role of his that he's done so far because it sounds the most natural. Yeah. And and you're able to, because let's be fa- let's be honest here. Justin and Mike are the new bromance. Their their bromance is real. And you're really able to pick up on the sort of interchange exchange between the two of them as they sort of volley back and forth. Uh, as uh, <laughs> what are you thinking? Nah, it's Quenther and Havia. They'd just be like, no homo, right? You're right, right. <laughs> and then Mika, you would just be all the homo. All of the High homo. five guitar solo. <laughs> oh, oh! I know it. I see what you're doing now. Okay, you got to work on that fake saxophone, you know. I'm tr- I got good at like humming a saxophone. Yes. Besides, it, I, can't, I can't play the song. Copyright will pick that up in like second slot. Anyways, yeah. So Justin Briner works as Quinther, and Micah works as Havia, and I sort of like their sort of, you know. Duo, bro duo that they go off on if that makes any sense yeah any other any other thoughts you know i'm wondering when you're gonna mention the other role justin briner's done so yes apparently justin briner has a tendency to voice blonde characters and if you haven't no heard by now he is currently starring in uh final fantasy 7 machinima abridged as machinima, Cla- bridge. machinima, machinima abridged bridge. whatever that thing as the cinema was a thing I was a part of in a community for a while. I know. Anyways, uh, he is voicing the title character of Cloud Strife and playing the character in a way we never thought possible. Um, and it's funny you should bring that up because I haven't watched a few episodes of that. I'm genuinely interested. I would actually like to hear Justin play Cloud straight, like for real. Like, you know, in if if someone was to do like a fun dub or a redub of um, of Advent Children, or, I would like to see Justin's take on it. Or hey, Final Fantasy VII remake. That is possible. That's a I thing. Mean, I mean, if if nothing else, he certainly could do better. He couldn't do any worse than Steve Burton, who gave him the personality of a wet noodle. Well, I mean, that's to be fair, it really wasn't Steve Burton's fault. It's mainly the square. It's mainly Advent Children's fault for turning Cloud into Squall 2.0. Yeah, so I mean, because going back to game Cloud and Advent Children Cloud, not the same character, not the same at all. But uh, I believe he's in Smash. It's awesome. Things are happening. But yeah, no, I, what I would like, I sort of had this like fan casting of what Final Fantasy VII would be like if it was cast by Funimation. And yeah, Ooh, that honestly, would be cool. I would actually genuinely, I have my issues with that stupid death battle, but I do w- would like to hear Tia, Bal- Tia as Tifa. So yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? Uh, every time you bring it up, it's like I can just feel the salt flowing. The salt is life. 
Yes. Salt must flow. The salt must fall. But yeah, I had like my fan cast for Final Fantasy. So, like Justin Briner as Cloud, um, Tia Ballard as Tifa. Um, haven't quite picked out Eric, but yeah, um, Chris Sabat would be Barrett because Garter Belt exists. And uh, and I kind of wanted to hear Mike McFarlane as Vincent for some reason. I, I don't know. I still haven't worked out the entire entire uh, fan cast for what I would do. But yeah, oh, you would, know, Kent Williams you, as Sid. That would be fun. Yeah, Kent Williams would be a good Sid. With Sid, you. Can, I was gonna say you can anticipate all of this and more in the Dub Talk episode of Final Fantasy VII, the anime movie. Animated by A1 Pictures and produced by Anaplex. Now you're just trying to pick on me, and that, you know what? That's just hateful, man. No, if I really wanted to pick on you, I'd say it was produced by Pony Canyon. Oh, no. Or you'd say that a new Master Keaton series was coming out produced by Pony Canyon. No, you're just doing it to yourself. Yes, yeah, I'm doing it to myself. Anyways. Now but that's... it's Madhouse! Anyways, that's going off a huge tangent, and I'm pretty sure Lilac has never played Final Fantasy before, so she's gonna have she's gonna have to dig up all these pictures. Honestly, I'm kind of hesitant about the remake because I'm afraid they're gonna change stuff. You, you know, should tell her that Aerith is the best character. Yeah, no, not at not a by a long shot. Oh my god, it's so easy to know what will get you going. Yes, Aerith dies. By the way. Yeah, spoilers. Yes! Spoilers! <laughs> guess... Is that even a spoiler anymore? It's not. It's like Vader is Luke's father, so, or Soylent Green is people. Pretty much everyone What are you knows. doing? <laughs> spoilers, uh, man! Yeah. Oh, and, uh... Yeah, it's 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 one of those spoilers everybody knows. Sort of like... Cow Ava 3.3! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did it again. Uh, you but, uh, evil sob! Bruce Willis was dead all along. Right. Anyways, we're getting off way, way on a tangent. What did we? What show are we talking about again? I don't know. All you need to know is you know, Advent Children doesn't exist. Eris is dead, and Cloud and Tifa run off, get married, and have a billion kids. So, and know. then she gets killed by. Shut up! Shut up! No. no, and then and then Cloud kicks a blitz ball in the shape of a bomb and blows him. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe that's actually a real thing. <laughs> Anyways, never mind. We we are. You want to talk about the show now? Yes, about the show. So, what were general consensus about the the dub of Heavy Object? The dub is pretty good for a five-man cast right you know it's and that's the main problem with doing a dub talk episode for this is that we had to derail so much just to honestly fit in. like i feel bad sometimes for interrupting but now that i think about it I, that probably brought us to a full episode yeah i mean i mean if we're we're pushing probably uh, we're, we're yeah we just hit a full hour and 20 minutes so i mean this is basically a full episode so yeah i i it, with as much talking in this show you really need good acting and i yeah. think the acting in this i think it works i think it it really works and i also noticed that they save their big talent for this show whereas with dance with devils and showman sample those were more training yeah test training wheels dubs for newcomers 
Whereas Bevins, they got they brought in an established director, and they got established cast members, with the exception of Briner, who is sort of like the newbie, but everyone else is is pretty well. But you know, he he may be a newbie, he, but he made a name for himself already. Yeah, so right, he does a good job, and I'm really I really enjoy him. I really enjoy him a lot, actually. Yeah, and so and, in, in general, I think. Other than the three double talk dubs, which are probably the best in quality, obviously. Right. Uh, I think of the three second wave dubs, this is probably the best. This, you know, heavy object, I would say probably could have been double talk if, you know, if Attack on Titan Junior High didn't happen. Yeah. Or if it was, or if it was a good show. Yeah. Okay. I. I. I just. Here's my main beef with Heavy Object, is that first episode was a terrible entry point to the series, but once it actually does get into the stuff, it is kind of interesting, but I also feel it's kind of hard to take its war is bad talk very seriously ever, because it's like, oh, I I'm gonna shoot a real person. Is that the right thing to do? And then the real person is like, Oh, look at this little girl. Let us strip her and rape her and stab her and, like, bury her and then like, dig her up again and then feed her to the dogs. <laughs> well, While twirling the handlebar mustache. Like, okay, sure. If you really yeah. think about it, though, it's being written by a culture that really hasn't gone to war in maybe two generations. Because we know exactly what happened last time. Let's just leave it at that. And at the same time, having a huge military fetish. It's, yeah, it's, I do get the war is bad. At least it isn't hammered into your brain as bad as Gundam. Because every single Gundam that comes out, hey, you know, war is bad. And then the next one, hey, you know, war is bad. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about All to Noah Zero, but then I realized you'll never touch that show. Yeah, I'd rather not. Well, All to Noah Zero suffers from the same problem Gundam does. Hey, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about it, and, you know, war is bad. <laughs> Who'd have thunk oh. it? <gasps> but no, actually, but yeah. I actually like this show a lot because, well, I'm a fan of sort of techno babble and, and you know, sci-fi exposition. One of my favorite shows is Ghost on the Shell Standalone Complex. And so I, I kind of like the, um... Wow, that is... What, does that surprise you? No, the fact that you're putting ghosts in the show is heavy object. I'm not saying it's exactly on the same level by any means. I'm saying that, you know, the sort of same things they talk about as far as... That, you techno know, babble. Techno babble. I mean, because I can watch Fate stay night or fate zero and just be bored to tears by the exposition in that show but then i watch something like this and i'm like hey you know this is actually pretty interesting you know it all depends if you're gonna have heavy exposition it has to be something that's gonna catch my interest it has i feel like for exposition and stuff it's kind of it's either gotta look interesting or it's gotta do something interesting with its exposition and so with at least fate zero or fate stay night I can give that the benefit of doubt that at least looks interesting, and it does some interesting things with this next position, like the fate, the famous Fate Zero, like when they're circling around him and walking around him. That scene is absurd to look out, but it's interesting 
compared yeah. to something like Sword Art Online, where everybody's talking in a cafe right. for like 10 minutes. My issue with Fate Zero is that other than Ryder and Waver, every single character was an ass hat. I didn't yeah. like any of them. But uh, but that's I actually I actually like a lot of the characters and stuff. Even you know, I knew it. You know, Waver was you know that cinnamon roll character that you really needed. And then you get into the extended universe, and Rave, Waver turns into a huge racist douchebag, and it just ruins everything. Did it not, wasn't that confirmed to be not canon? I hope so, because yeah, my 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 opinion is that after his time with Ryder, Waver hit the gym and put on like three hundred pounds of muscle, and so. Mike, I also saw basically he also took up his obsession with video games too. Right. Yeah. That's what I want to see in that head canon. Also, actually, you um, know what? I don't think whatever that was you guys are talking about is canon because I think um, like I think he shows up like in his adult state as one of the uh, as one of the people in Writer's Final Attack as like this. I, I'm pretty sure the huge racist thing isn't canon. Mm -hmm. I think I saw somebody said that. Yeah, but I, there's too much fate universe that I know of. I'm not a fan of the series in general, so I just. Moving on. Just Look, yeah. all I'm gonna say is, if somebody makes any show starring Jean d'Arc, I am down, because her design in the Fate universe is the best. I just want, eventually, for Billy the Kid to be an archer. Ooh. That's what I want to see happen. And then Billy the Kid will probably turn into a lowly girl. Probably. <laughs> like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. I want a General Patton writer. That would be badass. Anyways, we're getting so off topic. But anyways, um, my cons my my the what I like about the show is that it's sort of like I kind of looked at it from so kind of a, an Attack on Titan vibe. Whereas with Attack on Titan, you've got these little you've got individual you know normal humans up against giant man-eating monsters. In this show, however, you have normal insignificant humans up against fifty-foot-tall. Uh, mechs with armed with rockets and lasers and shit, and they have to figure out ways to take these down using only their wits and what they have on them. And that's what I like about the show. Even though the exposition can get very heavy-handed at times, I like the concept that they have to use their brains to take down the giant monster. The, yeah, I forgot to mention something because when I was talking about what I am okay with an exposition we just started talking about the fate series the other thing i'll accept in exposition is if it either looks good or does something interesting this show doesn't look terribly great and it doesn't really do interesting things but my third thing is if i do enjoy the characters that are talking okay and you know what the majority of the show is a buddy cop duo, and I do actually enjoy these characters. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to mention. I like the buddy cop aspects between Quinther and Havia. And I actually really do like Melinda as well, and seeing that she actually has a legitimately cute, like, budding friendship relationship going on with Quinther, it's actually, like, kind of sweet, and it's like... Mm. I, I, I can I like that. That's yeah. cool. What about you, Roots? What did you think about the series in general? Okay, well, in general, my rules for exposition are show, don't tell. Ah, uh, I see. So no exposition. And if you have to do it, 
spread it out as much as possible so you don't have a dense info dump. And for love of God, don't have it in a restaurant or a cafe. <laughs> sort of. And don't have it in a restaurant or a cafe. Yeah. The one thing that no, I dislike oh, about... Oh, you know what? Chaos Dragon. Oh my god, that was the worst. <laughs> you know, I, I, one of my favorite shows is Excel World, and it's the, you know, it same thing. Reki Kawahara did it, but he ma- fixed a lot of mistakes that he did, that he made with Sword Art. But the one issue that I had with that is, yeah, it has a lot of cafe exposition scenes. I didn't even realize that it did until I went back. I'm like, well, they sure do talk in restaurants a lot. I, I thought your second problem was that Kirito's responsible for the technology that's in Excel World. Yeah, that's my other issue. <laughs> well, it, for, for Chaos oh, Dragon, it was and- just, um, oh, there was... Uh, two generals with the enemy faction just walking through a city street, and they're one of them's just like, "Hey, we are in charge of this operation. Can you tell me what's going on again?" Oh, yeah. It would be it, that would be worse if the city was like completely CG. I think the city was completely CG. Oh, like there was a lot of CG in Chaos Dragon, and not good CG. Go bad or go home. Anyways, we need to start wrapping things up, guys. So, general consensus is that Heavy Objects, not a perfect show by any means, but it's enjoyable in certain areas. Maybe different for some. Um, but I'll yeah. Say it got, I'll say it got it got a little better in the two arcs that I saw. Once it actually got to some of the actual, like, fighting and exploding of the objects, I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of interesting. And I do enjoy the characters, though it suffers a lot from exposition dumping, a lot of tell-don't-show, surprisingly unnecessary, like actually unnecessary and not really clever implementation of fan service, as well as the jarring CG sometimes. And that ugly-looking water. (laughs) CG water. Don't don't drink that water. (laughs) Don't drink the CG water. Yep. Anyways, polygons from it. <laughs> anyways, despite all these things, if you would like to check out Heavy Object, um, especially for the broadcast dub, it is currently airing on Funimation.com. Uh, a new simulcast episode comes out every Friday, as well as a new broadcast dub episode. I believe the simulcast is up to episode 9. There was supposed to be... We're not getting episode 10 this week as of the time that this aired. Um, oh, and, hold on. Uh, I can check that. Keep I already t- checked it. Oh, okay. I already, yeah, I already checked it. They're doing a recap this week. Oh, of episode 10. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, episode 10 airs next week. And then uh, episode 4 of the broadcast dub just came out today, um, as of the time this aired on December 4th. Um, if you would like to check out this show, uh, you can check out the broadcast dub uh, through Funimation's All Access Pass. Uh, you They give you a two-week free trial. Uh, one thing we have to mention is you have to put your credit card information in. So after the end of those two weeks, uh, they will start charging you. So you have to remember to either cancel your card or or maybe you will be so caught up. <sighs> say, I can't, I, in the over 8,000 episodes. Well, it, technically it is over 8,000 now, isn't it? That is acceptable. Okay, it is, is almost not quite ten thousand. Somewhere in between there, 
somewhere within that vicinity of numbers uh, of episodes. Some somewhere you will you will find yourself enjoying that those all those episodes on Funimation.com that you'll probably just want to keep your subscription. So, uh, yeah, that basically wraps things up. Uh, any other thoughts, you guys, before we head on out? Um, not particularly. Uh, I don't know what what else is there to actually. Well, to- yeah. Um. I have a question, actually. Sure. Is Rail Decks worth getting into? I give I it a know. shot. Yeah. Because it's... honestly, after like that's why I was like, oh, I hear that series is good. Let me watch this. Uh... Yeah, it's it's a huge investment. Like, give it three episodes, see if you like it. Here's the thing: Railgun is more of a slice of life show, and Index is more about the guy punching women in the face. I I, I hear about that. He 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 doesn't. He loves to punch some women in the face. You he know. He doesn't care if they're male or women. If they're going to hurt people he likes, he's gonna punch them in the face. And in, honestly, that is a methodology I can respect. It's not sexist at all if you think about it. You know, that's equal opportunity face punching right there. Yeah. See, it's the other elements that may or may not. Oh yeah, but whatever. Um, before we go, Roots, would you tell them tell them what you do? You want to plug your stuff? Uh, yeah. Occasionally, I provide reviews to FandomPost.com. I'm also eventually starting up a blog called Roots Justice Anime Time Blog. Or no, um, I'm 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 sorry, um. I kind of gave it a long-winded title, just a sec. Um, yeah. Roots of Justice Anime Time Blog Show. Dot okay. com. Dot WordPress dot com. Okay. Uh, how, what was the acronym for that? R-O-J-A-T-B-S? Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Okay. Raj Octopus. And we can follow you on Twitter at... At Roots Justice. All right. And, uh, and Spartan, what did you want to plug before we quit? Um, I wanted to I wanted to plug a little thing I've been doing with two of my friends on Skype recently. Uh, Lewis Hudson, uh, L Hudson X, and Holy Junkie. Otherwise, I call them Lewis and Carl. And we started doing this thing, just kind of fun recently, which was going through Sword Art online and doing commentary of it. And we, as of today. We finished our recordings today, but on the on the channel right now, we just have four episodes. So, if God forbid you ever wanted to watch Sword Art Online, or you wanted to watch alongside it with our outrageous commentary, you can feel free to check that out at Late Night Anime Tapes in our series Three Victims Watch. Um, Lewis Hudson does a lot of great stuff, and he also has a personal gaming like he doesn't actually do it's not like game commentaries but he does a lot of game discussions and stuff on his personal channel guy's a really good editor he does this great thing for like the timeline and the audio even for the three victims watch point is he he has great stuff i'll i'll link to the channel both those channels and to all their uh twitter things as well the channel seriously it's only got five subscribers right now i want to get more people into it because it's honestly really good sessions that all right all right we'll see if we can have lilac put a link in the uh, description below 
where can we follow you and your buds? You can follow me at Mongoman9000 before I this was before I decided to switch my name to Classy Spartan. Mm-hmm. It was at Mongoman9000. Uh, my other two, the other two guys I do that with are at Holy Junkie and at L Hudson L Hudson X. And as always, you can follow me at Spaceman Hardy. Uh, I don't really do anything other than occasionally host Lilac's uh, show every now and then. Um, although I'm always fun to follow, you can watch me get really angry and rant about things, especially high antiplex prices. And uh, I post goat pictures and retweet food porn, and I talk about uh, Master Keen almost constantly. And, he gets really angry. And you can come here and watch Andrew pick on me like he always does. Because uh, he's that's mean. That's how you know you love me. Yeah. You know, he's, he's mean. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, we can't forget our lovely host, um, Stephanie, who is out today. Uh, follow her for all of her anime reviews and dub talk episodes at Lilac Anime Review. That's R E V U E. And, uh, and yeah. That should wrap things up for us. Before we go, yeah. Do we have anything else we'd like to say to all the people out there? Um, those have those heavy objects really make the world go. Oh my God, that is one busty (laughs) weeaboo. All right, and on behalf of Stephanie from Lilac Anime Reviews, I am Spaceman Hardy. And thanks for watching. Keep it manly.